You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, during a presidential debate last year, then-candidate Donald Trump, when he was asked about how he would promote racial healing in our country, immediately went on a stem winder about cities needing, quote, law and order. He said police officers needed to be given the authority to better control inner city crime and ostensibly bring black citizens committing crimes to heal. Since providing that strange answer to promoting racial healing, President Donald Trump has demonstrated on a few occasions that he doesn't particularly understand black people, black history, or black life in America. He has tried to sew up those divides on a couple occasions, meeting with leaders of the Black Caucus to discuss issues they're concerned about, and he met with many leaders of our nation's historic black colleges and universities. But the question remains, how can black leaders in Washington represent their constituents well with an administration that appears at times to really be befuddled by black people? Joining me now to talk about the environment in Washington is Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. She is a Democrat, represents the 14th district here in Michigan. Brenda, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, I really am glad that you're here uh, with us to talk about this because uh, as someone sitting in Michigan watching this unfold, mm-hmm. it is rather strange. The president says these things about what life is like for black Americans. He mm-hmm. says these things about uh, how he would maybe try to make things better. And I'm always left scratching my head thinking, I don't think he understands anyone. I don't think he, you know, I think maybe his his view of black America is formed by, I don't know, movies and television yes. and maybe Omarosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he's not really engaging in a way that makes me feel very good about the prospects. So the Congressional Black Caucus, which I'm on the executive board, we set up a meeting. You remember that famous I do. Uh, press conference and <laughs> moment when he said, do you know those people? Right, Can where he you said, do you must know those people, yeah. right? Again, a, a really those weird people, observation. Yes, very weird. So he said, um, I'll meet with them. So then after that public display of a disconnect, yeah. we were contacted. So the executive board of the Black Caucus was invited to the White House. And we, you know, the question that was posed to black America, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose, right? You know, you're living in crime-ridden areas, you're uneducated, you're unemployed, you know, what do you have to lose? Um, This is the worst you've ever had it. And, and, you know, often I would hear people say, he must not realize we went through slavery, we went through Jim Crow. (laughs) It's not the worst, but it's, you know, there are challenges, obviously. So we went there with a book. It was a 100-page document, and we handed it to him. This is what black America has to lose. That's interesting, yeah. And we sat down with him, and it was based on his budget that he had proposed. And we said, Mr. President. Here's what we have to lose. Yes. You say you want to get a stronger relationship with black America, but then you demonize the only black president we have. Call him the worst. Tell things that are not true about him, like where he was born, and just really use untruthful yeah right fake news as he would call it <laughs> um and we said you're not going to endear the african-american community if you keep doing that sir then we told him we said you are slashing after school programs preschool how do you what do you think happens 
in underserved areas. Right. And, and we said, Mr. President, this isn't just black America, it's poor America. That um, what do you think happens when children don't get that extra support that they need based on no fault of their own? They're in conditions that need support. We talked to him about if you're going to do this transportation plan, I serve on the transportation committee, and that's one thing that I'm really hopeful that this president will keep his word on. We need to invest in our infrastructure and, and our highways and roads. And he said, we said, you got to make sure that you don't have all of these projects happening in low-income areas and that people who live there just keep walking by people right. getting jobs. That's right. You're going to have to train in and be inclusive. Um, and it, what, was his, what was his reaction It was one of just nodding his head. Uh, let me tell you a very telling moment. We said after-school programs are critical because three to six, we really need to have structured activities and have something for children. He said, why three to six? And, you know, you kind of like turn your head to the side, well, Mr. President, that's when children are out of school and parents are still at work, <laughs> and uh, it's when statistics showed most of the inappropriate behavior, drugs, sexual activity, and and all those things happen. If we give them a structure and, you know, give them a opportunity to study and do homework, he said, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you wonder how big is this bubble that he has been in his entire life? Yeah, yeah. And he hasn't surrounded himself with people who have had real life experiences. Everyone that he has surrounded himself are billionaires or millionaires who live in a different hemisphere. Sure, sure. Uh, when I think about your district in particular, yes. I mean, it's a really unusual if not unique representation yes. of America of, of America right I mean yes. it stretches from the riverfront all the way up to Pontiac you mm -hmm. have you have majority white communities yeah. you have majority black communities you have some wealthy communities you have impoverished communities mm -hmm. and just across the black experience yeah think of the difference between the people you represent in some of the uh, the, some of the poorest areas of Detroit yes. and people who live in Southfield, yeah. uh, for Farmington instance, Hills, or Farmington Hills. Right. I, I feel like maybe you have uh, more to communicate to the president than maybe anyone else in Congress yeah. about how much richer and more nuanced the picture is for people. And, than, and I uh, actually said that to the president. I said, Mr. President, you do know that every African-American doesn't live in a slum. Yeah, it doesn't live in a slum, and that your depiction of African Americans is is insulting. Right. You know, we are educated. We are CEOs. We are uh, middle class. We value our safety and promote uh, education with our families. And so, he has um, he has a learning curve that I don't think he understands nor embraces. Yeah. He shoots from the hip or whoever is talking to him at that moment. <laughs> and it's a challenge for us because we have a country to to run. You know, I tell people after I got over my candidate losing, I wanted Donald Trump to be the president of the United States of America. I, it doesn't freak me out that he's a Republican. We've had Republican and Democratic presidents throughout our history. 
I just wanted to know his agenda, and I am perplexed to know in what is his agenda, because he has had, yesterday it was so um, hilarious when that panel said, Donald Trump has a statement on both sides of any issue that you want to give. <laughs> right? We don't know what, his, what he stands for yeah. and what's important to him. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, my guest is Brenda Lawrence, a Democrat, represents the 14th district here in the state of Michigan. Brenda, you were very focused on the Flint water crisis uh, and not only what the federal government could or should have done to uh, prevent it and then uh, certainly respond to it, but also really focused on the state failing there. Uh, Talk about where we are with that right now. Flint, you know, up here on Mackinac, Flint has not really come up a whole lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost as if, you know, that's a little bit in our rearview mirror. It's fading a bit. But it's not for the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And and I know you know that. Yes. Tell us what's going on. Right now, um, we did get some federal dollars to fix the pipes. It's nowhere close to what we to what need it's cost, right? to replace them. So this is the thing, and this is my number one concern now, are the children who were poisoned as a result of the lead. And we must... We were supposed to create a database that would support these children. We were going to make sure they get nutrition, healthy food, vouchers so that they can go to a farmer's market because that's one of the things that would help um, in the transition. Nutrition is the answer to lead exposure. And I'm getting calls now in my office that there are parents who moved out of Flint, and if you were a parent, you would have moved out, and they're not getting that support. So that's my primary focus right now is making sure these children continue to get the tutoring and the nutrition what they need so that they can develop and 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 get as much out of life as possible and and we need people to remember this is not over it's not time to move on to something else no and you know i got so many phone calls from around the country that this this lead pipe issue mm-hmm. is all over it's America. Yeah. And I sit on the Transportation Committee and I serve on the Water um, Committee because I want water to be the number one priority when we roll out our transportation plan because it's not a luxury. Water is a basic human need. And if we didn't learn anything from Flint, we learned Should've that we learned cannot that, right? kick this can down the road. Yeah. Okay. Brenda Lawrence, uh, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow and hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University.